In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Usually in times of peace and tranquility, the Feast of the Epiphany is an opportunity to invite you to to reimagine everything that happened surrounding our Lord's birth. To invite you to to reread the first two chapters of Matthew and the first few chapters of Luke and just see how you would splice together the text. What occasions this is that Luke's gospel describes the Holy Family returning immediately to Nazareth after the birth. Matthew's gospel obviously has this account of the visit of the Magi, and obviously right after that, the Holy Family goes to Egypt. And we've probably never grappled with those two things, and reading them together in, in, in a new light can help us realize that they may very well go they may very well have gone to Nazareth right after the birth, and then the next year, because they went to Jerusalem every year. Maybe that's when the Magi visited, because when Herod killed children seeking the child Jesus, he killed boys two and under. And so the, the Matthew and Luke perfectly complement each other. It's a problem that's never arisen, because most of us have never really tried to um, meditate on Scripture and... Um, imagine it actually happening. In times of, you know, ordinary peace and tranquility, the Feast of the Epiphany is also a great time to reflect on how all nations will come to worship God. Christ is meant to be adored and loved by everyone, not just the select few. There will be those who surprise us, who come um, to be joined to Christ, who honor him as king. But these aren't times of peace and tranquility. There's a lot of turmoil in the world. If you think there's turmoil in our country and in our, our government, there's even more so throughout the world and even in the churches, in the body of Christ. And so this epiphany has me thinking not just about how sacred scripture invites us to a, just a, a more rich appreciation of what really happened, but emphatically in light of bishops and cardinals talking about how uh, truth isn't the final word, that truth can change. The Feast of the Epiphany is first and foremost an opportunity to celebrate that What we read in the sacred scriptures, what we read in the gospels most especially, is historical truth. It really happened. It would be really absurd for me to to come here every day and to read aloud fables or, or to share with you stories that may or may not be true but are inspiring and effective for telling children to behave. We, we stand up to read the Gospels because it is the Word of God. It is Christ Himself. And so piecing together the Gospels of Matthew and Luke isn't just interesting for our, for our meditation. It's imperative because they are both true. 
and that much more beautiful because of that. The Feast of the Epiphany at a time when bishops and cardinals are saying not only that that truth can change, but also that almost anyone should come up to receive Holy Communion. The Feast of the Epiphany reminds me of how beautiful it is to celebrate these three magi doing homage to Christ and getting nothing in return. They didn't come to get something. They came simply to acknowledge that this is a king. He deserves honor. The three magi, and and honestly, there may have been four, and there may have been 12. It's good good for us to distinguish, not only in our listening and learning the faith, but most especially when we teach it at home or in school, it doesn't matter, or to friends at the office, to, to, to distinguish between what the church teaches to be true and what may or may not be true. A lot of damage is done when we, when we convey as, as what the church has always believed when it's just simply our opinion. So we know at least three, we've given names to them, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar. You'll write their initials over your front door later today. There may have been four, there may have been 12. The church fathers vary in their description of those details. But these magi were guided by natural truth and by divine revelation. They were able to know from observing nature that something was happening. And they were also receptive to the message of an angel in a dream that their lives were in danger. Both natural knowledge and supernatural knowledge guide us to the truth, and they complement each other. They are not at odds with each other. But even on a deeper level, the, the three magi, have, they have put their lives in danger to worship and honor the king. At the outset, it, it, it's doubtful that it was just simply a, a happy adventure. Certainly a trip of this magnitude, quite likely from Persia, would be expensive. It would be dangerous. But having warned by the angel in the dream that Herod meant to kill the people involved, now their lives were directly in danger. They had to flee themselves. not only to protect themselves, but also to protect the child if they remained rather large entourage from the east, probably distinguishable and very conspicuous, they would have endangered the Christ child. And so the three magi can be an inspiration, right? To encourage all of our friends who who can't receive Holy Communion for whatever reason. 
could be relatively benign or it could be some serious situations that, that need conversion. We can encourage them to fill the empty pews because God deserves to be worshipped and honored. We don't just go to church to get something, to receive Holy Communion. We come here to worship God, to be present when Christ offers himself to God the Father. Christmas is a a great time to see the whole family gather together. No one's gone. Everyone's here. The next Sunday is an opportunity to, to, to see how many Um, How many of us are still here week after week? January 1st is a great opportunity to see who comes to church no matter what. But the Feast of the Epiphany on January 6th reminds us that God deserves to be worshipped. Do we come here with the with, with that purpose to, to offer up worship and praise and honor to God. It'll be imperfect. We're not perfect. Our prayers won't be perfect. But we join ourselves to something that is perfect and is true. The perfect sacrifice of Christ offered once and for all for every one of us. It makes it possible for us to become a real family. In contrast to those who just oversimplify everything and talk of us as one big human family just by virtue of having breath, we know that it's Christ who died on the cross who makes it possible for us to be adopted by God in baptism and thereby truly become each other's brother and sister. We are joined to God by His power, by His grace not just by virtue of our existing. Now, we can't exaggerate. Obviously, these are times of turmoil, but still relatively peaceful. I, I remember when I was at the Holy See Mission to the UN, and the, the nuncio told me of the families who he knew personally who would have the note slipped under the door in, in Baghdad, telling them, leave within 24 hours or you die. Right, the door is where uh, an Arabic N would be painted, marking them as a Nazarene. We can't exaggerate um, our, our being persecuted. We're not being persecuted. One day we might. But there are Christians and Catholics who still worship God in many countries, knowing that if they're caught, they'll end up in jail. In a sense, we could say that they're getting something out of it, right? Being in the presence of God. But it's not something that they want. It's something they know they need. So God deserves to be worshipped, and we need to worship him, even when we don't do it perfectly with the angels and the saints and with gratitude to God that we still, leave, we still live in, in relatively peaceful times. We can still mark our homes as those belonging to Christians. 
We can still come to church in open daylight without fear of being arrested. We can speak our minds and know that, that no great harm will come to us. We have many reasons to give thanks to the good Lord. But the biggest reason is because he is so good and he loves us so much. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.